All right, welcome back once again. We take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. And we got Wolfgang sitting in with us here for a little while. You can find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye. And, well, you uh, said you were going to be tweeting a little bit more. Have, have you been more active on the Twitter? I haven't. I'm someplace I forgot the hotspot. So, no, that's Ooh. not going to happen probably for a week. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to get into that more. I wish I was being able to watch the NBA draft because I think that'd be fun. A couple Big Ten players that are there. You got the Bulls. You got the Cleveland Cavaliers. You got the Knicks. Are they going to get Trey Young? I mean, I think there's actually some decent uh, storylines with this, Trent. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, There's a few things out there that we'll get ramped into and get ready for Thursday night with the draft. And locally, well, we don't have two guys that waited to the last moment to pull their names out in Lindell Wigington and, of course, Tyler Cook of Iowa with those two guys making their way back. You don't have that same kind of local connection, but... Big 12, Big 12, 10 guys certainly going to be a part of the mix. And, you know, what, what's going to happen? We're just kind of all waiting for your boy LeBron. What's going to go on there? And that thing could go uh, deep, deep into the summer. But it's the draft up first. So who do you like? Who, who are the guys that you're excited about when you look around? Well, I was on uh, watching some of the stuff that people were saying about uh, the players that obviously watched all the game, completely broke it down. And it's interesting the things that they were saying when somebody's watched every single minute somebody has played versus you and I. And we try to watch as many games as we can. Um, Watching the Aiton kid from Arizona, and I'm sitting here, I think that's a storyline because it looks like Phoenix is going to take him. He looks like a complete stud. He's huge. He's strong. He can jump like a mother when he dunks. He looks like he's going to bring down the entire basket like Shaq did back in the day. Um, he looks to me like he, he's got a decent shot. How good it is, I don't know. But it looks pretty decent to me. Uh, watched a number of clips that I saw, and he has actually good footwork. I thought the guy's a you know a true freshman, so I don't know what some of these scouts are expecting. Um, but if you look at what the NBA is now, Trent, where do these big guys even fit? And I haven't even solidified my opinion on this yet. I probably would take Aiton if, if you're going to nail me down for a pick. I totally understand that. But I'm sitting here looking at the NBA today with no Olajuwon's, no Ewing's. But there actually are some decent big men. If you look at Embiid this year, that guy, if he stays healthy, he's going to be, like, all-time great. You know Carl Anthony Towns, even though he had a good um, regular season, he kind of stuck in the playoffs. What's your opinion on Carl Anthony Towns' uh, his future. What, how good do you think he'll be? Because I don't know what happened in the playoffs. I was not impressed. Yeah, I mean, will he be a star? You know, he, he's very good, obviously. He's very talented, but is he going to become a centerpiece? Is he a number one player on a team that can win a championship? That That's kind of at least how I measure that top flight, that top level of guy. And I just don't know. I The, the inconsistency, the times that he disappear, it's concerning, I think. I, I certainly if I had to put a pet on things, that he wouldn't reach those levels, at least for me. And, you know, you're, you're talking about big guys, and any more big guys, a big part of what they are and what they're going to be, I think goes down to can you move your feet defensively? Can you switch? Can you guard? Maybe not point guards on a switch, though that's going to be a part of it, but, you know, can you get out on, on there on small forwards, on shooting guards? Can you at least slow them down when you're hedging and, and you're switching because if you can't do that, you really can't play defensively in this league anymore. That see, that's scary. And you you've watched a lot of the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. and as when I watch Carl Anthony Towns, I see a guy that can do it all. He rebounds, mm-hmm. he's got moves down low, he scores in the paint, he scores all the way out to three point range. I don't know what his percentage is, 
Do you happen to know that offhand or even close to what it is? Uh, I mean, I would guess around 30%. I can look it up quick. Okay, so that hopefully that improves. But if, if, if he's not going to be able to get it done and be the best player on a team that has a chance to win the championship, why take Aiton then? I guess I'd ask you for your opinion on that. Because to me, he looks awesome. But is he going to be better than Carl Anthony Towns? Or should you, you know, go with this Donkage kid? I have no idea. I saw some clips on him. I haven't seen a full game of him. Or, but the fact that he's the best player in the second best league in the world, I mean, that says something. He can do it all. He's young. Um, but again, you bring up the defensive thing, which a lot of us people that aren't in the draft, we always look at the offensive side. And I keep hearing that this Donkage kid, the foreign kid, doesn't have lateral quickness on defense and this and that. Well, you have to be able to play defense. If you can't play defense, you're you're in big time trouble. But so, would you take Aiton first then? Uh, you have some history now. You have some history with Carl Anthony Towns, and I think what you were just saying, you don't know if that guy, Carl Anthony Towns, could be the best player on a championship team. Yeah, I I would I would go down that path. Now, uh, to answer the question, Carl Anthony Towns shot forty two percent from three last year. Holy cow! Averaged uh, one and a half threes per game. We're not talking about a guy you know that that chucked it up there twenty times throughout the year either. He took a lot of three-pointers last season. He was 120 of 258, 42.1% from the three-point line. Chris, that, that would be today's perfect big man then. Yeah. A guy that's hitting 42% three-point from the three-point line, can do it inside, is a good leader, can hit his free throws, can rebound. If that guy can't get it done, but this game is so different now, we're just going to have to completely rethink how we're thinking about this game. Have we not realized that the, the big man is completely out of it? So it's interesting because we're kind of in the infancy of this new basketball, mm-hmm. and a lot of people haven't changed their their process of how they think about the game. I try to, I realize, but I kind of go back and I'm sitting here watching this Aiden guy and going, "Look at how dominant! Look at how strong he is! Look at how he just about tears down the rim!" But again, you have to look at the defensive side of the ball. I haven't watched Carl Anthony Towns as far as that. A um, couple of the couple of the other storylines that I think you'll like. I watched a ton um, of Trey Young this year. And probably more than anybody, you know, with the Oklahoma background, I know everybody saw a ton of games because at the beginning of the year, it was just unbelievable what he was doing. Uh, the three-pointers that he was hitting, what he was shooting, what he was scoring, 30-some points a game, not just from three-point range, from way out, way even past the NBA line. It was unbelievable. Um, his positives, obviously, his shooting range, his three-point shot. Um, I love his dribbling and his passing. A lot of people don't realize how good his passing is. He's got, like, some unbelievable, like, sensational type assists. A lot of times he wasn't getting assists because he was hitting guys for threes wide open, and they'd just flat-out miss it. He's got awesome change of pace dribble. I know you've seen that, Trent. The negatives are he had the greenest of green lights, and it was absurd, some of those shots he was shooting. And I'm not some old guy that doesn't think you can't shoot threes off the dribble. I'm totally with that. But some of them were just, I mean, come on. You have to say something as a coach, and maybe the – some of these high school kids are looking at Lon Kruger going, ooh, look at that guy. He's a star. He gave Trey Young the greenest of green lights, Trent. But there's got to be at some point where you say, eh, you know, come on, think about that. Was that, was that really a good shot there? So I'm uh, bringing up his stats last season versus what we saw from Steph Curry because that's the comp that gets thrown out there the most. So mm-hmm. now you're talking yeah, about three point percentage was, I think, only 36. But a lot of those were just crap shots, you know? Right, right, and trying to do too much. So Steph Curry, looking at his numbers as a freshman, let's see, average 21.5 per game, 26 as a sophomore, 28.6 as a 
senior or junior, excuse me. But the thing that I wanted to look at, so three-point percentage, 40%, 44%, 39% as a senior. What I wanted to look at more than anything, though, and my concern was the turnovers. So Trey Young last year, yeah, you mentioned 36% from three, average 27.4 per game, but 5.2 turnovers per game. He handled it a lot, but he had some ugly performances. And, and I remember that happening at times with Curry. But even with Curry, his, his final season, 3.7 turnovers per game. Mm. Five Interesting. So 3.7 and 5.1, you say? Yes. Now, Young averaged a lot more assists, 8.7 assists per game, where uh, the final season for Curry was 5.6 assists per game. I think there's something there. I, I, I really do. Trey Young, how tall is he really? 6'1 and 3 quarters with shoes. 6'1, 3 quarters. So Steph with Curry's 6'3. All right, so the comp continues. Okay. I, I'm uh, not close to the same weight. Or when they came, I'm not right. sure what Curry is now. Did I? He's did big. I he's, he's a lot bigger than he used to be. Yeah, I think I saw 181 for Curry and 176 or 78 for, okay. uh, for uh, Trey Young. Um, now, I don't know if that was 181 when Curry came into pro basketball, or he's got to be more than 181 now, right? Right. Yeah, you would think so. You would think so. Okay, yeah. So that was so basically, yeah, the same weight when they're coming in. Um, Curry was probably an inch and a half taller. Um, that's you know you brought up the turnovers and that's beautiful that you did that. But you think about Trey Young went against lots you know stiffer competition. Sure. So if Curry would have you know gone up against that competition, it would have been more than three point eight or whatever you said. Mm-hmm. So it'd have been closer to what Trey Young did. And a lot of those turnovers are just him. Come on, you know that's not a quick, good play. Quit doing a spectacular crap. He was horrible at splitting the – he had so many turnovers when he tried to split the defenders, I can't even tell you. We, we were looking at each other watching, what is he doing? Yeah. What is he doing there? There's some of this stuff that can just totally be fixed. It's not even a problem. His change of pace dribble and all that stuff, he is so good at. Because he's not the quickest guy ever, but he understands how to play that. Either is Curry. Curry is not the quickest guy ever. He just has crazy handle, crazy downshift, upshift, understands how to keep guys – It's He's just brilliant at it, absolutely brilliant. Um, but if he fixes some of that stuff, I'm not worried. He's an unbelievable passer. And just quit the spectacular stuff and get it done. And I think people will see that. I can't believe and can't see how he won't be good on offense. Now, defense is the thing that drives me crazy about Curry. This guy's a two-time MVP, and every single time now in the, in the NBA playoffs, Trent, they switch, 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 wait to see who Curry's guarding, and go after him. Mm-hmm. That's a two-time MVP. That's weird to me. But anyway, they're going to do the same thing with Trey Young because Trey Young's going to have to get in the weight room. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. He's not going to get less strong, or you know. So that'll be interesting to see how his body develops, just like Curry's did. So that's going to get better. His defensive intensity sucks, Trent. I mean, absolutely sucks. Too cool for school crap. Um, that's the thing that worries me most. That people are just going to totally take advantage of him on the defensive end. Um, I don't know if they can hide him like they do Curry, but he's going to have to get in the weight room. And actually trying would, would actually do something, which he didn't do all year. I kept saying, are we going to see him try on defense? And it just never came around. I don't understand why he didn't. But this is a guy, man, if you don't take, are you not? What if he ends up being a stud and you decided to pick, you know, decided to uh, pass on him? Because I do see some of the Curry comparisons, Trent. Yeah, the, the, the comp makes a lot of sense there, and I, I think there's enough upside there that, for, 
frankly, I'd be more excited about him than DeAndre Ayton. Best case scenario, what's DeAndre Ayton? Would it would it be Carl Anthony Towns? I don't know if he can get to those heights. Yeah, you're right. I, he's going to be shooting forty two percent from three point lanes. No, that's insane. Yeah, that's insane, Trent. I mean, I I, I I like the upside of Marvin Bagley more. I certainly like the upside of Trey Young more. Hey, let me talk about Bagley real quick because I want your opinion. Sure, you've seen plenty of him. I watched an NBA draft thing. It was like a six minute thing where they break down his game. They absolutely killed this guy, destroyed him. I mean, it was unbelievable. And they, they talk about how he's a really good shooter when he's open, but every single time he had somebody even close to him, he missed it or airballed. I mean, there were some bad shots that they were showing. They said, yeah, he's pretty, he was pretty damn good in the post for a college player, but that's because he's bigger and stronger. He didn't really have that many moves. I mean, they just ripped him to shreds, man. I liked his game a lot. I did too. And, I mean, the offensive numbers are ridiculous that he put up. And speaking of that shooting ability, Marvin Bagley last year, Shot 39.7% from three. Hit 23 three-pointers on the year. He averaged, what, uh, looking at points, averaged 21 points per game. Offensively, he's there. Now, that team as a whole was a wreck defensively last year, and he's young. Remember, this is a guy that actually should be getting ready for his freshman year of college. Yet he's coming out. In terms of upside, I certainly like Bagley more. He's, what, an inch shorter than DeAndre Ayton. I just, I don't know. Now, Admittedly, I haven't watched as much of Aiton as some of the other guys. I, you know, in in terms of gameplay numbers, pretty good. He hit three pointers himself, 20 to 30, uh, 12 to 35, 43 percent. So he can shoot it from the outside. But I don't know. There's just something about Aiton. I'm just I'm not sure he can be dominant. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be fine. Dominant, a number one guy. I don't see it. Okay. Maybe he's okay. safer, though. Maybe, and, and a lot of times that safe guy, well, it's not going to get you fired, right? I'll be, I'll be honest. Before I read all this stuff and other experts, and you know, I don't watch every game or every minute, but we watch a lot of basketball, mm-hmm. I probably would have taken Bagley Jr., number one. This, this six-minute clip and how they just totally ripped into shreds actually had an effect on me, and I don't like that. <laughs> I, I normally like sticking with my opinion. They actually swayed me a little bit. But now, yeah, you're making me rethink that. He's not... Aiton's not going to be as good as as Carl uh, Anthony Towns. There's no, I can't believe that. That's his highest upside, I would guess. Um, and Bagley Jr. Obviously, we're worried about you know defense, but they were trying to play Bagley Jr. and Carter at the same time. Two big guys. Carter's probably going to go around eight, maybe to the Cavaliers or somewhere close to that. So I mean, you had two big guys trying to play defense. Finally, Shashevsky, which I agree with and I appreciate, just said, "No, we're going zone. Enough of this. This is ridiculous." And I res- I respect that. Um, one guy I wanted to ask you about, Big Ten guy, uh, Bridges, Michigan yeah. State. Yeah. Newest mock draft, uh, I think it was ESPN, has him going 15. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that to me? I can't. I, I mean, I, I've seen a ton of that, and I can't. I don't understand it one bit. You want Michael Porter with the injuries that he has? You want Wendell Carter? You want, I mean, I just, I, I go through this list and I say, you got a guy that's ready to go. I mean, his teammate, Jared Jackson. People are enamored with these big guys, but don't you got to play a little bit? And Jaron Jackson disappeared for long stretches last season. There were times where Izzo wouldn't even go with him. You're taking that guy? I just... <laughs> yeah, he's... I think, I mean, he's up to, like, I think third on the latest mock draft. Yeah. And I agree with you. He would completely disappear. I understand what they see in the potential. 
Um, I don't remember his dad's first name. Do you? He played in the NBA for the Spurs. I don't remember it. And I've watched the NBA. I, I, maybe I'd know it if, if somebody knew his first name. I, I didn't look it up. But his dad played in the NBA, so he's got bloodlines. He can hit the three. His dad taught him how to shoot back in the day. Um, he, he's a great athlete. He runs. He jumps. So we'll see. But I agree with you. He did disappear at you know, a lot of stretches throughout the game. As far as the Bridges kid from Michigan State again, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know why he's dropped. He's an athlete. Um, I think they were scared that he didn't take the ball to the hoop enough. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. That he didn't just put his head down and go and he doesn't have that. I don't know what they're saying about him because from what I understand, all of his numbers as far as shooting off the dribble and stuff went up, like the high advanced statistics. So I don't understand why he's dropping like that. And I, I'm, actually when I hang up with you, I'm going to look some of that stuff up because I, I I'm not sure what I'm missing there. I'm right there with you. And and another guy that is ready-made and I think is going to come in right away, but he's not a freshman. He's not 18 years old, so I guess he's not as good. But what are we going to see when somebody finally takes Mikal Bridges out of Villanova, right? He's a junior. Yes. He knows how to play the game. He's going to step right in. He's going to be able to give you 25 minutes a game of highly productive minutes. But because he's 20 as opposed to 18, we don't like him? Is that it? It's it's so weird. I I don't get it. Well, if he would be, if he was really good, he would have come out before. Whatever. I don't know. Um, he is. Well, yeah, he is a fourth year. So he's played because uh, he registered it. I think the first year, if I'm right. So I don't really care. What I like about him is he can hit the three. He's a great teammate, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. A good guy. Um, and he plays defense. That's the other thing, Trent. So he's the three D guy. And I think one of the mock drafts that I read had him going to the Sixers. That'd be great for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that I wanted to ask you about. Um, yeah, the Bridges was a big one. Uh, oh, you watched the Big Twelve, obviously. Mo Bamba. What have you seen out of him? Uh I I <laughs> I love kind of all the pieces together. The ridiculous wingspan. I think there's a lot of upside of his game. I I like him. I I don't know. He he doesn't he seem like a boomer bust kind of guy though. A guy. That yeah. I. I haven't seen enough of them. I've seen clips. I just I wouldn't even be able to give you like a great opinion. I've watched them a few times, and like I'm like, this guy's supposed to be a high draft pick. He's not really doing anything. So I sit there and watch him everywhere. Watch what he was doing. I mean, I do see the potential. I do see the wingspan. And there's some people that just go. I, I was listening to some guys that I respect, and I think it was uh, Bill Simmons' site, The Ringer. I think it was one guy thought, well, maybe he should go number one, and then one of the other guys didn't agree with it. So I just haven't seen enough of him to know. But I know as the season went along, I think he got more um, on the offensive end. He decided he to take it to the hoop more. He was he was more uh, whatever the word I'm looking for is. But uh, yeah, some people have him high. I'm more excited about this draft than I have been in a long time. I don't know if it's because of all the young players or the guys that we've been hearing about for a long time mm-hmm. or the Trey Young. Where will he go? Because I that'd be awesome if he went to New York. I think that'd be funny at ten. I'd love him to go to the, to the Bulls just so we could we can keep an eye on him closer. Um, but, yeah, it should be a fun one. Bulls, Cleveland, Sixers, New York. And then we got Big Ten, Big 12 guys. Um, and then just to see what the centers. I mean, do the centers have a place in today's game at all? It's interesting because we are in the infancy, the genesis of all this stuff, and a lot of us haven't, you know, basically changed our uh, the way we look at that. Mm-hmm. No, we're kind of s- stuck in the old way of thinking, and, and I fall into that trap quite a bit as well. All right, I got one more for you here. On the NBA draft. Before uh, we finish up this conversation, I'm going to give you the choice. You're sitting middle of the second round, and these two guys are on the board. One a Big Ten guy, one a Big 12 guy. You get the selection. 
Don't worry about what your team needs or anything like that. Who's going to have a better NBA career? You ready? All righty. We're going to Ohio State with Kata Bates-Giop, who led that Buckeye team back to the NCAA tournament, injured a season before, and, and suddenly, uh, for a long time, looked to be player of the year in the Big Ten. Against senior point guard Javon Carter of West Virginia. He'll D up. He'll slap up on you. Will he ever be a star in the league? No, I don't think either of these guys. But they're going to be rotational players in the NBA. Who do you want on your team, Bates Diop or Javon Carter? Okay, so you, I think you remember, during the year, West Virginia from day one, I told you, man, I think this is a team I might pick farther than most people in the NCAA tournament. And then they matched up. Who did they match up against? But I just couldn't take them um, in the NCAA tournament. Anyway, I can't remember who, I, who they matched up with. But I love Carter, the point guard. I think he's just a shade over six foot, Trent, mm-hmm. which scares the bleep out of me. But man, there are there have been very few players in college basketball where I have fun watching them play defense. I would just sit there and just be in awe of the way he would just stick to guys ninety four feet the entire time. I love it. I think there's a place for that guy in the NBA. At least I hope so. I don't, the guy's got heart. He's got passion. He's got toughness. He seems like a good dude. He's experienced. He's mature. Um, I think, didn't he hit close to 40% of his three strength? Yeah. But he's not overly quick. He doesn't, I don't, I can't remember. I think I looked up his stats on his vertical and stuff and, and weight and height and all that stuff, and nothing was, you know, overly impressive. But the guy gives it his all, and I think he had better three-point shooting percentage. He was a better shooter than I think a lot of the analysts kind of feed you and put in your mind because maybe he started off his career he wasn't. But I think the last couple of years he's been pretty good from three range. He can shoot a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the numbers, numbers bear that out. He got better. A guy that's always improving his game, always added another layer to it. Who are you taking there? Who are you taking there between the two, Trent? Who, uh, who do you like? More ups- I'm, I'm going to go watch some more video of Jop because this is a good question. Um, I'd have to think about him more, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I go through and I look at it, and one thing that for Bates Diop, I think there's more upside. Bates Diop could become, you know, a, a regular starter in the league. I, I think the upside is there. Ooh, nice. You're looking for Carter. He's going to run your team. He'll give you 15, 18, if need be, 30 minutes a game, you know, just depending on, on the circumstances. And you know you're set. You're backup point guard for the next five years. You are set there. Never going to have to overpay. Never going to have to give him a ton of money. He can play defense. He can run a team. I'd probably, I'd probably go Javon Carter because you're picking in the second round. You're picking. It does depend, though. I, I mean, I put the caveat, not worry about what you have on your team. But I think Carter's the guy. I, I just think he's more of a sure thing. Yeah, and he brings toughness to your team. Yeah. A guy that can come in and just, I mean, you're not going to have to worry about him at practice coming in, you know, not giving his all in the practice. I mean, you need guys like that. And I, I was a fan of him. I was just a complete fan of him his entire career. I'm just not used to seeing guys like that that can do that and guard somebody for 94 feet and just get in your he's, – he's relentless. He's just relentless. I used to hate guys like that. I'm like, get away from me. I'm not that great. I don't have that great a handle. Get away. Stop. <laughs> but, yes, he's just a pest, and I love that and hate it at the same time. I'm right there with you. A little NBA draft talk coming up on Thursday with Wolfgang. Fun looking around there. But we will talk to you on Friday, all right? Awesome. Thanks, brother. Yep, we'll see you. So there's Wolfgang checking in with us. Always enjoy the conversation, NBA draft, and 
Well, we got more to get into. As we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight, we're due for a timeout. We'll come back with more high school baseball coming up tonight, as long as the weather holds. And joining us coming up next, it'll be the head coach for the Dowling Catholic Maroons, Mark Roaring. We'll talk a little baseball and ridiculous. The CIML, year after year, one of the best, certainly across the state. And what do you see at the 4A level? The rankings, the top three teams all come from the same division in the CIML. Shows you the depth that we see there at the top in the CIML Central and the CIML Iowa Division this year with the top spot. Number one, Johnston. Number two, Urbandale. Number three, Dowling. Even number 10, Marshalltown in the latest 4A rankings. Absolutely ridiculous. Mark Roaring, he joins us next as we take you up until 6 o'clock. Jimmy B and TC on 1700. Welcome back. Getting ready for high school baseball tonight. Weather permitting on 1700 KBGG and another good one as Dowling Catholic makes their way over to Urbandale to take on the Jayhawks. We'll bring you game two of that doubleheader, 645 with the pregame, about 7 o'clock with the first pitch. And joining us right now, the head man for the Dowling Catholic Maroons, it's Mark Roaring joining us here today. Coach, what's happening? Uh, Not much. Just looking forward to the games this evening. Hopefully we will get them in, but uh, weather is going to dictate what happens there. I mean, from your perspective, as you're putting together your lineups, you're thinking forward, you look at the weather, Brock, maybe we're only going to get one game in here. Does that change? Does that dictate at all anything that you do as the manager? Uh, no, not at all. We, uh, you know, start of a week, we have our Monday starters. Um, on top of that, this is a huge game in the conference, obviously two highly ranked teams and, uh, you know, we'll go at them with uh, our top pitchers and, and just see what happens the rest of the week. Yeah, and it's a busy week for you guys as you're also scheduled Wednesday against Fort Dodge and then going to Ankeny on Thursday before you make your way over to Cedar Rapids over the weekend. With that, you know, there are a lot of programs that, that just don't have the kind of pitching depth that, that a lot of programs have. Do you feel like you have the arms this week that you're going to be in good shape, you'll be able to get to the, through the weekend and be okay in that fashion? Well, uh, we've already played a, we've already played a week with eight games in it and, uh, you know, it's stretched us out pretty good and we've gotten, uh, I think every, all 25 guys on our roster have, uh, been in varsity game situations and, uh, on the mound and, um, you know, uh, so they have some experience and, um, you know, they work hard and we'll just see how the chips fall, but I think we'll be all right. Well, uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier last week the top three teams in Class 4A, at least in the rankings, had uh, you guys up there. Now it shifted around uh, earlier today as the rankings come out, but still 1, 2, and 3. And you got Marshalltown, who's also in your guys' division, sitting there in the top 10. I certainly don't ever remember a year where the CIML year after year is incredibly good. It's incredibly deep, but just in one division alone, having four teams ranked in the top 10, do you remember ever seeing anything like this? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's a grind. Um, you know, every conference doubleheader is a grind and, um, you know, even Marshalltown, uh, took one from Johnston and one from us last week. So it's kind of that thing. It's just, you know, on any given night, uh, we're beating each other up and hopefully making each other battle tested for the playoffs. Well, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of the kids on your squad and, and your team out 
with a great start again this season. And a couple of your seniors first. Uh, Sam McMurray watched him play the last couple of years. Luke Yasinich, a, a name I think people know certainly in, in baseball circles throughout the years. Those two guys and just the senior leadership that you've had on this year's squad, how important it's been getting off to the good start. Yeah, uh, first starting with Luke, um, you know, he's just been a, a staple for us. I mean, he played a ton last year and he was six and one on the mound and, uh, you know, has really stepped into that kind of legitimate ace role for us. Uh, you know, taking those top line games, being the five o'clock starter. Uh, I think he's three and oh on the year so far. Uh, had some big games. Uh, looking forward to seeing him go tonight. Um, but not always had at the plate and, uh, defensively, he has been just unbelievable for us at third base, uh, making every play, um, you know, and being a leader in that regard. And then uh, Sam McMurray, um, you know, we had originally uh, coming into the year in the spring thought he might be starting at first base for us, and it just worked out that he, he moved over to second and uh, a couple other guys battling at first and um, just a team guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's moved into the leadoff spot for us and has uh, been doing a great job there and getting on base and running the base as well. And, you know, and again, leadership, senior leadership. Those guys went through some of the wars with us last year, got some good experience. And, uh, you know, our, we have really good team chemistry. A um, couple sophomores on the team have been brought into the fold, you know, and treated as equals, and uh, that's always good to see. Well, and those young guys, you know, when you get sophomores maybe seeing their first varsity experience, the, the young guys, is that a difficult transformation going from playing a freshman ball, JV ball, whatever it may be, and making that leap up to varsity? How big of a gap is there? Well, I think there is there is to some degree, but uh, obviously if you're a sophomore playing on a varsity squad, there's got to be some talent there to begin with. So, um, you know, they've been doing a great job, the young guys, and you know they've had some. Uh, to, to be honest, it's le- it's it's less it's less uh, physical than it is more mental. You know, learning all of the uh, the coverages and the first and third situations and the the pick plays and you know and just kind of being aware of uh, the times that we might do something. I think uh, you know that is more of the challenge than just physically being able to play. It's more mentally, and so they've done a great job and. Uh, I think they're performing at a super high level right now and uh, just expect them to get better and better as the season goes on. Mark Roaring joining us right now, the Dowling Catholic baseball coach, as they get ready for a big matchup tonight against Urbandale, making their way over to take on the Jayhawks. Coach, a season ago you made another return trip down to Principal Park in the state tournament, got to the championship game before finally falling to Johnston, who came in preseason number one and, and losing to Jack Dreyer and company of that Dragon squad. How much motivation, though, did that lead getting through the cold winter months? And, well, it turned out to be an incredibly cold spring. You know, the guys are out there hitting and throwing this spring. That motivation of just being a game away from being a Titleist a year ago. Oh, I think it was big. You know, I, I think uh, the experience, kind of getting that taste in your mouth, um, motivates, drives them, you know, in the weight room and the speed and agility sessions at 6 in the morning, all of that stuff. And, and, you know, these kids all know each other, and they have a really good idea of what team has who coming back and who's going to be tough. And obviously our kids are aware that Johnson's, uh, you know, a formidable opponent. And, um, you know, uh, 
Yeah, it, it really uh, it was a driving uh, factor for us this year, and, and uh, the kids. You know, our our big deal right now is just you know we can't just get up for the Johnston game and, and play great. We have to play with a little level of consistency, and and we've kind of sputtered a little bit with that. And uh, you know, like I said, some of our guys are young, and this, that, and the other. But uh, if we can put that all together and play consistently good baseball, um, we should have a pretty successful year. Well, looking forward to it tonight, Coach. We'll see you out there on the field as long as the weather holds up. My first look at the Bruins this season. I'm looking forward to it. Best of luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. So tonight in our Central Iowa Game of the Week, it'll be number two versus number three with the new rankings out from the Coaches Association. Urbandale sitting at number two. Dowling Catholic at number three. In the top spot, Johnston regains their position in the top spot. At number one, Indianola checks in at number five. And uh, you have West Des Moines Valley, Southeast Polk, and Marshalltown, all from the CIML in the rankings as well. Polk at number eight, Valley at number nine, and Marshalltown at number ten. The depth of Central Iowa continues on in uh, the latest rankings from the Iowa High School Coaches Association uh, poll. Down in Class 3A, you got Davenport Assumption, seemingly always, at number one, locally, Carlisle's at number four. Up north, Boone, they check in in the sixth spot. And North Polk at number 10. In class 2A, it's Cascade in the number one spot. Van Meter ranks number seven from the local teams. And down in class 1A, well, some things never change. Mason City, Newman is your number one ranked team. And Martinsdale, St. Mary, they check in at number six. Seven o'clock tonight with the first pitch. It'll be Dowling Catholic and Urbandale should be a good one. We have the coverage right here on 1700 KBGG for you. We're coming back and putting a cap on things. Jimmy B with us on the other side. 1700 KBGG continued coverage of high school baseball presented by Rush Niggett and Brick Gentry Law PC along with Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. We're back with more in a moment. We are back one final time. Jimmy B and TC Brinson back with me as we put a wrap on things, and I get ready to make my way up the road over to Urbandale tonight. Jimmy B, real good one, number mm-hmm. two, Urbandale, hosting third-ranked Dowling Catholic. We just heard from Mark Roaring, and uh, obviously that was done earlier today because, well, they're playing game one right now, and I'll bring uh, (laughs) game number two coming up here. About 6.45, we'll take the airwaves with Dowling Catholic and Urbandale. Number two, number three in the state. New rankings are out, Jimmy B. But a weather. Uh, I'm I'm hopeful that everything is okay, and we're stuck here in the studio without windows, so we're not exactly sure what things are doing outside right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're right about that. Look, I, I hope that you get the game in. The last check was uh, basically pop-ups around where mm-hmm. you are going to be, and then maybe later tonight is when we might bet a couple of big boomers. But I hope that you get the game in. I, I just hate those rain delays, and then you got to sit around for what do they normally keep high school kids, Trent? Uh, like an hour if they to make a decision, and then they cut them loose after that? Yeah, I mean, it's all depending on kind of what the forecast says. Obviously, every time there's a lightning strike, then they have to right. go back to yeah. a half-hour delay after that. Oh, I remember years ago, I was over at Donnelly Catholic. It was a sub-state game. Thank you. In fact, it might have been to get to the state tournament, and they had to get all the kids off because of lightning, and, and the storms were really close, and we stayed there. We were uh, well into 11 o'clock hour before finally got that game finished up. But, hey, you just never know. I mean, it's different every time. If the forecast looks like it's going to clear, they'll keep them around for a while. 
And there's other times where they say, we're not getting this in. Go home. Everybody go home. We're not getting it. It just It's, it's weather dependent. And as great as summer baseball is, they got to deal with the storms from time to time. But there's worse things. It's a lot better than the, the dopes that play spring baseball here in the upper Midwest. And they're dealing with sh- snow showers and sleet and snow yeah. and all, all that crap. I'll take a thunderstorm every here and there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, by the way, uh, you can catch that game coming up uh, roughly in about, what, 45 minutes from when we sign off? Are we right? Is that about right? Yep, right in that area, 645, and uh, we will take okay. the airwaves. And my old friend Gary Steenblock, as I'm doing the Dowling Catholic side of things, he'll be joining me. Gary has done uh, plays with Dowling Catholic, but he's helped me out with basketball and with football in the past. Always fun. To have Gary up in the booth with us, uh, and that'll be happening this evening. Jimmy B, away from the local front, really an odd okay. story uh, uh, today, and and you got to help me out. Barry Trotz, the the coach yeah. of the champion Washington Capitals, is no more. Now a free agent. Mm-hmm. I I was uh, taken off guard by this story, just like a lot of people in the national media as well. After doing a little research on it. Uh, they were kind of at loggerheads, trots and upper management a little bit because he was thinking that he should get a contract extension whether if they won or lost and that contract deal wasn't really worked out. And so I have a feeling that probably speaking with his family, because he still has kids uh, in the house, that he felt it was best that he walked away after winning a Stanley Cup. Now, why wouldn't you? Um, wouldn't somebody swoop right in? He's like 55, I think, Trent, right in that area. So he's mid-50s. If he wants to continue coaching, he still has many years uh, remaining of uh, being a solid coach in the NHL if he wants to continue that. Or maybe he might get to the point where, look how long he was there. He was there four years couldn't get past Pittsburgh, and then all of a sudden finally does, wins in seven games against Tampa, and then ends up playing Las Vegas in a highly, highly entertaining Stanley Cup Finals, and they end up winning the Cup. I mean, if you're going to walk away, you might as well walk away on top. And I think pretty much that's what Barry Trotz has decided to do. Now, there's a lot of speculation out there that the New York Islanders would be interested mm-hmm. in snapping him up, okay? Um, and I'm sure that that is on the back burner at this particular point. But, look, he did what he was paid to do, and that is, and the Capitals have been terrific ever since Barry Trotz took over as the head coach there. And they won an awful lot of games. They just couldn't beat the Penguins. And you and I talked about that through the course of that series. And so now there's no better feeling, I guess, than to walk out on top. Nobody can ever take that cup away from you. You won it fair and square, beating the best teams in the NHL to accomplish that goal. And so now you walk away because you're not really... I I guess in tight with upper management, with the GM and maybe even the owner, Ted Leonis. So now's your time. And if you're going to command a monster salary while you win the Stanley Cup, you're going to get pretty much whatever you want. 
One uh, local, somewhat local angle I, I was wondering about. So, as you know, uh, the Minnesota Wild have a new general manager in Paul Fenton. Yes, yes. And he came from Nashville. Where was uh-huh. Barry Trotz before he went to Washington? <laughs> Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Now, they brought in uh, Bruce Boudreaux, what, two years ago, I think it was? I think so, yeah. It's been okay. But I, I just yeah. I, I wonder, new GM wants his own guy if there's a possibility there. Islanders are the only job, as you mentioned, that, that's open right now mm-hmm. in the league, and that's right. why everybody points there. But if there would be somebody willing to make a move, uh, just just thinking out loud here, I don't know the logistics, I don't know you know all that stuff right. that, that sits there, but just an idea with the local front. And uh, maybe the Wild go that route with their new general manager in Paul Fenton. But hockey uh, offseason, as short as it is upon us, Jimmy B, and, and that will be out there. What about tonight? Uh, watched a little College World Series this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Watch England as they got the, the game winner in extra time. That was exciting. Uh, so watch a little soccer, and I'll be back at that tomorrow. What is uh, catching your eye this evening in the world of sports? Well, it's going to be baseball, and it's going to be a beginning game of a fun series, at least I hope it'll be fun, uh, with the Chicago Cubs hosting the L.A. Dodgers. Now, I love, you know me, I like stars. I like star players, and this particular series obviously has star players. So I'll be locked and loaded on that game tonight. And I know that they had uh, the first game of a double dip suspended between the Yankees uh, and Washington. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to try to get that going again. And so and then they'll play another game. So it's the Yankees and the Nationals for me as well with star power. And if I'm going to, like, really make a night of it, Trent, um, Arizona Diamondbacks and the L.A. Angels are the late West Coast game. So if I'm not totally bored and I still want to peek in on a little more baseball, uh, I might sample that game a little bit tonight as well. Where are you tonight? Yeah, that one that one caught my eye too. Late night, Arizona and the Angels. Granky's on the mound. He's he's entertaining to watch. So I'll, yeah. I'll probably flip onto that one a little bit later this evening. You know, Phillies against the Cardinals. That that one has at least a little bit of intrigue. Yeah, That'll be good. an early start. Right after we finish up, also Milwaukee's out at Pittsburgh if you're keeping an eye on the National League uh, Central Division. But, yeah, Cubs-Dodgers tonight. And just see, out of Tyler Chatwood. I mean, he's been so inconsistent. You know the stuff is there, but he struggles mm-hmm. with the command. He's uh, he's due a cursory glance at, at the very least. So Dodgers-Cubs tonight. Might watch myself a little College World Series this evening. I, I do enjoy yep. flipping over to that. Uh, the game coming up this evening will be Mississippi State and North Carolina as Washington and uh, Oregon State played earlier today, and I know they were in a rain delay at last check of that one. And my nephew is uh, getting ready for his sophomore year at Washington. And, wow. Yeah, in fact, uh, I should introduce you guys. You can get, well, you probably don't know the hot spots anymore, I'm going to guess, uh, out in Seattle, but he can, uh, you guys can talk a little bit about the days in Seattle. He's back home here for the summer, and he made his way over I can to tell him. I can tell him he should go to Disco Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> that place just rocks, okay? Yeah. It was downtown. It was a great club. KC and the Sunshine Band played there a couple of times. This guy, your, your nephew would love it. Disco Inferno. He should go there. I will let him know. I'll let him know. I don't yeah, think it's around anymore. Like but yeah. 30 years ago or so. Yeah. 30. 30. 
maybe a swing and miss there on the 32, Jimmy. <laughs> we are hey, out of here. Are we out of time? What do you got? Oh, you, man. You got one more I, thing. I, just, I got one more for you, okay? Because I didn't get into this on the show because we talked Phil Mickelson and the tournament and everything. Mm-hmm. However, you were a uh, a guy who was firing on a couple of golfers. I just want to know how you did because didn't you have Fleetwood? Didn't you have – did you have Brooks Kapka? I did not. I didn't have Kapka. So the three guys that I gave out – I had Justin yeah. Rose. That was the guy towards the top that I handed out. Tommy Fleetwood, and my yes. third was Henrik Stenson. Well, oh, Stenson. But okay. remember, that's betting to win, and none yes. of them won it. So I was feeling good going into yesterday, though, Jimmy B. I was feeling really good about my guys. I had three different ones all right there in contention, but Kepka got it done. But I did win my pool. I did win my U.S. Open pool, so I was very pleased about that and uh, walked away. You. At least with some kind of winnings, which is always good. And, well, you know, it'll happen with that. I'll bet it and I'll end up losing whatever I won. That's <laughs> the reality. I was just going to say you could spend it on a hot dog tonight at the concession stand now you're when you're doing the game. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, I like your yeah. talk. Well, I'm going to get over there right now, and I am going to eat a hot dog All right. before we take the air. Number two, Urbandale. Number three, Dowling Catholic comes on the airwaves tonight at 645. Jimmy B., have a good night. Thank you, buddy. And once again, everybody, we'll be back again tomorrow, bright and early, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right here on the Big Talker 1700.